Hey guys, this is Leticia. And I'm Raina. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real, Real Talk. Talk. So we're two young adults who are just trying to figure this thing called life out. So join us on this journey as we figure it out together. Hey guys, welcome to Real Talk. I'm Leticia. Hi. <laughs> Let's start over. Raina, are you on crack right now? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're not starting over. Nah, this is gonna be in it because you are on track right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Raina is just uh, yeah, today, yeah. <laughs> and today is a Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all of you lovely mothers out there. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, guys. We hope you guys are spending time with your mothers, your second moms, your aunts, your grandmas, people that have been motherly figures in your life. Um, We are talking about a very interesting topic today. What are we talking about, Rena? We're talking about addiction, how to break addictions, um, what works, some advice, all those types of things. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I had a crazy dream the other day, Raina. So it was Thursday night, right? And I woke up Friday morning, um, and I woke up from a dream where in the dream I had fallen back into, like, old patterns of sin. Like, I fell back into, like, having sex and, like, um, pornography and things like that. And I woke up just feeling so condemned, Mm -hmm. and it was the most disgusting feeling because ever since I became a, you know, born again believer, I haven't had that feeling of like disgust towards myself. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, you know, just with this really heavy condemnation. Um, and I literally just had to start, start worshiping because I was like, dang, like the enemy really is trying to make me feel like I fell back into old patterns. And it made me, remember and realize how many people are out there right now that are feeling like that, that are feeling condemned, Mm -hmm. that are feeling um, like they can't go to God because what they, what they're doing or what they've done is too dirty, you know? Mm -hmm. And it it, it was just such a disgusting feeling. And I like posted it on my Instagram and everything because I was like, dang, like, like there are people out there feeling like this because they've fallen into different things or because they've been living in, you know, maybe patterns of the same sin. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to really talk about that today because, um, number one, God doesn't condemn us. You know, yeah. he, he died so that he could take every single sin we would ever do and, and pay for it. Like, he already paid the price for those things that tried to condemn us today, right? But he mm-hmm. died so that we could be free from it one day. And today's mm-hmm. the day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't mm-hmm. have to keep living in those patterns that we've lived in for so long um so i'm i'm really excited to talk about breaking addictions today um and you know i think that i don't know i just i'm ready to give practical advice to people because i know that when i was living in addictions for so long i thought i couldn't get out of it yeah to me it was like if i've been doing this for this long it's not going to change you know and so I want to bring practical and spiritual knowledge to people so that they know that I can be free from this because you know they either they hear that we're free from things now or they use this knowledge and they get free from those things themselves you know and that's the goal to not have to feel like we're slaves to the things that we're addicted to because we're not yeah exactly I'm really excited like oh my god (laughs) And I, I really hope like what we talk about today helps someone break addictions. And, you know, we're going to talk about very specific addictions today, but I think mm-hmm. that the the advice that we give can be for any addiction. Um, yeah, I agree. So, cool. I'm, I'm really excited um, to start. So, Raina, like, what is something that you um, 
maybe struggled with or even still struggle mm-hmm. with, but that you're learning how to break the addiction from? What is one thing or something? Yeah. So, um, you know, before we hopped on this call to do the podcast, like Let and I, we talk all the time outside of this podcast, obviously. Um, and I was telling her because I was worried. I was like, you know, I don't know if I can call um, my addiction an addiction because it's not like a generic addiction that when people think of um, different types of things that they're addicted to. Because I personally feel like I'm addicted to um like receiving attention, especially from men. Um, And I know that a lot of women especially struggle with this. And, you know, I think I have become addicted to it in an unhealthy manner. And that's the difference, right? You know, between just being like, oh, I want to look cute this day. And like, I always need to feel like I'm, um, that I'm wanted by someone else, you know? And I felt like that I suffered with from a lot of self-esteem issues and that's kind of what triggered that and those are types of things that I'm still working on but it just has put me in so many situations that I haven't necessarily needed to be in because of the fact that I was still craving that attention for a negative reason you know and I the more soul searching I did about it the more I realized that it kind of was an addiction because I always had to feel validated by even people that I don't know and don't know me or anything like that. But just because of there's so much self-esteem issues that I went through at such a young age that it just turned into a pattern. And I think an addiction more than anything is a pattern and it's hard to recognize patterns. But the first reason, the first thing that you have to do to break them is to recognize that it's a problem. And again, like, you know, we've talked about all of our history in college and even before that. And I think sometimes the root of some situations that I've been in has just come from the fact that I hadn't necessarily dealt with the need to get free from the um, validation of men, you know, and that's something that can can testify that I've been going through since I was really young. And I feel like a lot younger than a lot of other girls, like that was a consistent pattern since I was maybe like 11 or 12, which I feel like is kind of young for that mindset. Um, but yeah, and so that's something that I struggled with, but I think, you know, that's, that's me. <laughs> okay. And, and so, um, and I'm glad you're talking about this because like you said, some people might not see this as an addiction, but it definitely yeah. is. Like, yeah. And and not just women aren't the only ones that deal with it, but men deal with this also, you know, and I actually mm-hmm. was watching a sermon this morning talking about how like men are broken too, you know, and yeah. this is, a you know, two women hosting a podcast, but like we understand that men, like you guys have to break these things also. So this is to you guys yeah. also, um, yeah. you know, because we all deal with the same type of trauma. Um, um, we just mm-hmm. live in different houses, you know, yeah. but um, so what are some ways some, so I like how you said you have to get to the root, right, of mm-hmm. why you desire the attention in the first place, right, mm-hmm. because, and I love, like, these examples, like, you can, you know, you can trim the grass, right, you can, you can trim it from the top, you can trim the fruit, you can pull the fruits off of it, whatever you want to do with what's above the ground, but if you don't dig up those roots, they just going to grow back, right? Yeah, like you, exactly. can, you can cut, you could cut a tree down. You can get a professional to come and cut the tree down. But if mm-hmm. they do not pick those roots out, it is going to grow again. And I think like we're so focused on trying to deal with the outside of it. We're trying to yeah. deal with breaking, you know, like, oh, let me cut this person off. Let me um, mm-hmm. stop doing this thing. Let me stop um, watching this thing. Cool. Great. But it's not going to last because you didn't deal with the root of why you do it in the first place. Exactly. Um, like, you really have to, like, dig deep and say, okay, God, why do, why since I was 11 years old have I desired attention? Mm-hmm. And, like, take it back. You know, so for you, I want to ask you, what do you think the root of why 
you know, and, and we're older now, so we've been through so many different things, but why do you specifically, and maybe you haven't thought about this yet, but like, you know, why have, why do you think, or what do you think the root of desiring that attention from such a young age, where do you think that came from? Yeah, I know, and I've tried to do a lot of soul searching about it because, you know, like I was saying, it's gotten me into so many situations and I've tried to do the trimming of the grass that you were talking about and it has gotten me nowhere. Like literally I have not been successful um, at all. And so very recently I really did try to figure out like what is going on here. And um I mean I really think it just happens to be the fact that I was like invalidated from such a young age. Like I always had negativity around me. And like, even when I was in school, like a lot of people would say things to me that would be consistently reinforced from like different people. And I just started to believe it. Like, I think that this is going to sound so, you know, it's going to not sound cliche necessarily, but like I was bullied too when I was a kid. And I know that a lot of people go through that, but sometimes I feel like when a lot of people tell you things repeatedly, and especially when you're young and you're very impressionable, then you start to believe that. So it's like when I was bullied in fifth grade and fourth grade and stuff, for some reason, I still have the same mentality as like a fourth grader as an 18 to 23 year old, you know, that like, oh, I'm not worth it. I'm this, I'm that. Nobody's going to like me, like all of those types of things. And so even though I grew up and I had all of these, like these different compliments and stuff, I would never believe them. Like I would literally never believe them because I started so young to think so little of myself that each year that passed, it just kept getting worse and worse. And at this point, like when people used to tell me stuff, for um like good things about myself I wouldn't even believe them anymore um and so I think that was it and also you know like um I grew up with a single mom and so I didn't really necessarily know what positive attention from men looked like when I was younger and impressionable like she married my dad like my stepdad but I call him my dad when I was in seventh grade and so that's a long period of time to you know like watch trying to figure out relationships and what a good relationship looks like and what validation looks like and especially if you're not seeing it consistently because I feel like if you're in a two-family household you know you see your dad love your mom and you see like what that's going to look like and what validating words can look like especially if they're in a healthy relationship but when you're growing up if you don't necessarily see that then you're looking at um looking for it in other places like I'm looking for it from like my classmates who are like the same age as me you know what I mean or like validation from different outlets that maybe aren't necessarily the best places to look at for validation from and I remember like being really young I just would look for validation from like random people and when they didn't give it to me that again just got into my self-esteem where I was like wow I guess they're right what they say about me and so I think Mm -hmm. that like to combat the negative things that were said about me when I was little, I, I try harder as an adult. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's like, if I could have, if I can prove to my younger self that like, I'm beautiful and that I'm worth it and that like men like me, then I feel like my younger self is the things that were said about my younger self are no longer true, you know? So I think that that's what it is. I think it's just like, you know, constant reinforcement. And then when on top of that, if you're not mentally trying to combat those things, then those thoughts become stronger than any other thing that's said about you, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think that especially, like you said, living in a house where, you know, you were just with your mom for a a long Mm -hmm. time for the years that mattered um you know where you did meet a father a a good example of what love from a man come you know looks like you didn't have that so you were like okay and and you really took on I'm sure even more so the words of that men spoke to you or boys in your classes I'm sure you held on to those things even more because you had no example you know um but I'm glad that you know you can see the root of that. And it's interesting how like we fight, we're fighting our younger self, which is so crazy, but we do that because we're like, okay, I have to prove to the people that told me that in third grade that I'm not that person. And we're still fighting that 
to this day, which seems crazy, but it's reality. Yeah. You know? It's so true. And it's it's wild, too, because you don't think that when you're young that the things that are said to you would have such a hold on you. And you feel silly. Like, you know, you feel so silly. I'm 23. I've graduated from college. Like, I've done all of these different types of things. And yet I'm still working to, like, prove things to those people who said something to me when I was, like, 11. You know what I mean? And it's really weird because... I'm telling you, because it's like I'm not even trying to impress the people that are in my life currently. It's like I'm trying to impress the people that hurt me. So, for example, everybody knows on this, if they listen to this podcast, you know, I'm in a relationship. And one thing that's frustrating for my boyfriend that I'm working on is like this self-esteem issue trickles over into our relationship because the types of things that he'll tell me, I'm like, whatever, you're just telling me that because like you're my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe any of the positive things that he says to me or any of the positive things that my friends say to me because of the fact that, like, those opinions of sheep are so strong, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. That is, that's really crazy. It's crazy how, you know, it, it can trickle into that even, because you've been in a relationship for, what, like, six years or something now, right? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. still don't believe those words even though you probably hear them constantly you still believe the words of your younger self more than you believe of the words now that is crazy but that I feel like can show you how how wicked the enemy is and how Mm -hmm. he literally you know is is having you chase that old thing more than he has than than God has us to focus on these things now yeah. you know and it's like that's I'm sorry that is crazy like I just was like wow that's that's really crazy but um today we are going to talk about breaking those things because yeah. there's no reason that we should have to live in that continuously yeah. you know we like as believers there's no reason that we should still suffer with the same things that unbelievers are dealing with Mm-hmm. you know and it's because we're not fighting with the correct tools we're trying to do things like as we're trying to spend as little time with God as possible but try to have as much victory as possible and bruh mm-hmm. it cannot happen it can't happen so yes we're going to talk about that right now we're going to we're going to talk about how to break those things um and for me my addiction I mean I, I was the same way and with people pleasing and sometimes I still struggle with that that's something that hasn't fully like I haven't fully let go of I'm it's definitely gotten better but it's not 100% but um that was one of them but my biggest addiction was pornography mm-hmm. like Raina when I tell you I was addicted and I talk about it all the time because it literally took up so much of my life like mm-hmm. I started in fourth grade until I was 21 years old that's crazy. How old are you in fourth grade? Like eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't. Yeah, like you're like eleven. Like that's like eleven years of my life that yeah. I'm just addicted to that thing all the time. To that, to masturbation, like though, and you know, we talk about it for guys all the time, porn and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like girls deal with that too, you know. Yeah. And um. So we're talking about it for you ladies that don't hear about it with ladies all the time. We deal with that too. You know, I dealt with that heavily too. Um, But bigger than that. And, and I want to say too, with the whole addiction, right? Like addictions make you feel like you can never break free from them. Yeah. It makes you feel any type of addiction, doesn't matter what it is. It makes you feel like you have to do it. Like, you're never going to stop it because you've done it for so long, right? Whatever the addiction may be. It may be eating. It may be um, uh, putting yourself down. It may be, I don't know, you're addicted to just whatever, cars, working out because you feel a certain type of way about yourself, you know? Um, those those can be addictions, too, and they're not always healthy. Um, and so, you know, I think the first step, like you said, is identifying the root, why do I work out 10 times a day is it because when I was younger you know I didn't have control over my body maybe I was molested maybe I was 
um, fat because my parents only fed me terrible food. Maybe there can be so many reasons, but figuring out, you know, why really digging and saying, okay, maybe this is why. So let's, let's, let's deal with the root first. That's the first step of it. Right. Um, and if you haven't accepted Christ, number one, I mean, that's, that's, that's number one. Cause all, all of the, these steps I'm going to give you, they don't really matter if you don't know Christ. So yeah. if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, like he is open and ready and, and desires to know you. So that's number one. Um, and Romans ten nine talks about how, um, what it means to be saved. Literally all you have to do is believe with your heart and confess um, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. And I just say that because all of the rest of the stuff we're about to talk about doesn't really matter if you don't know Christ first. That's number one. Um, so we're identifying the root, right? So for me, I think that I struggled with pornography so much because it was, well, I think the root of it um, first of all, was that I was molested, right? So the fact that I even started in fourth grade, it, it truly for me, I know it stemmed from being molested because what I typed in on my computer was what had happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, and this is very vulnerable, but I literally typed in girl on girl. Like that's all I typed in. And I literally started from that moment in pornography and that's what had happened to me i was molested by a girl in my family so i know that that was the root of that and i don't know if i would have done it you know if i hadn't been we don't mm -hmm. know but i think just identifying okay um maybe this is why i started it but now we have to deal with, okay why did i continue in it right why did i continue in that and i think for me it was really an outlet when i was stressed when i was um you know it was mostly for me when I was stressed, when I was stressed, when I wanted to sleep properly, when there's a lot of different things, you know, um, it was like a crutch for me. And so I had to realize that um, I couldn't use that as my crutch any longer, but also that it, I didn't have to be a slave to it because I, I am telling you, I did not feel like I could ever break it. Like I just thought I was going to do it for the rest of my life. Like, I would go, like, maybe a few months without it, and then, like, it would just be, like, you have to do it. And that's what the mm -hmm. voice would sound like in my head. And I feel like for a lot of addictions, it's that voice in our head where we have to do this, or I have to think mm -hmm. like this, or I have to act like that, you know, because it's that voice in your head. And so um, I want to talk about now just the steps that to breaking these addictions, whether it's pornography, whether it's, um, con you know, sex out of marriage, whether it's, um, I don't know, attention, whether it's, you know, a gym crack addict, you know, like you're addicted to the gym, like crack, you know, like I've seen those people and I'm like, what, what is it? Cause it's something, you know? Um, and I'm not, you need to work out, but some people are like addicted to the point where it's like scary. Um, yeah. where the where the gym is their church, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the first step I would say for um, removing that thing, so for me, when I was trying to break that addiction, you know, pornography and stuff, I first had to realize that I couldn't do it on my own, right? Because I tried for so long to break it. So Raina, with your people pleasing and your attention, like desiring attention, like you can't do it on your own, right? Yeah. Like that's number one. And I think the first thing that we have to do is when we look at Matthew 6, um, verse 33, it says, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all the other things will be added to it. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. with addictions, we try to focus so much on just stopping those things that we yeah. realize that, or we, we don't realize that we're not dealing with the root of it. And we need to get into the source because he is the one that's going to remove it. We try to remove it ourselves so much. Yeah. But for me, I realized that, you know, when I started to really seek God and spend time with him, um, you know, spend time in his word daily, spend time in prayer and worship, I began to have new desires. And from those desires, it was like he started to like, remove the taste of other things 
So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like when you go on a fast, like let's say you're doing like a food fast, you're trying to uh, diet or something, right? And let's say yeah. you're just eating fruits and vegetables. When you're on that fast, you kind of stop craving the regular sugars. You start yeah. to like crave, you start to like crave like fruit, like the sugars from fruit, right? And it's like, it's like, it's enhanced. Like the sugar in the fruits is enhanced now because you you starve you're starving yourself from like the regular you know um, toxic sugars and stuff, and I think that that's what happens with us and God is that like as we're spending time we're literally like fast like as we're spending time with Him He's literally like removing all of like those worldly sugars, you know mm-hmm. He's removing all those things that we're um, so accustomed to and He's starting to give us a new craving. And so as, yes, I'm, I'm excited because like, I'm, I, okay, these, literally these steps help me break addi- the addiction. And I've been free from pornography and masturbation for three, over three years now. So it works. <laughs> it's not a get quick thing, but it does work <laughs> and it takes time. Um, but he starts to, you know, we start, he starts to give us a new taste and we'll begin to start to desire new things. Right. Um, so that's the first thing, seeking God. And, and that looks like spending time in his word, like not just five minutes a day, but like actually spending time reading, you know, if you don't know where to start, the gospels are a good place, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, start in one of those. Um, but reading daily and spending time in prayer, if you don't know how to pray, Matthew, and Matthew teaches you, you know, kind of a, a guideline mm-hmm. of how to pray, but you're just talking to God, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then as you begin to seek him, I'm telling y'all, he will begin to give you a, a new taste for healthy things, for good things, for things that are according to his will. Okay, that's number one. Um, number two is kind of the same. Spend time reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I already said that, so I'm not going to really go much into that, more into that. But, you know, if you don't, if you say, oh, okay, well, reading my Bible, like, I don't really know what it says. It's confusing, blah, blah, blah. Again, once you have, because people say that, they be, listen, we <laughs> not here for excuses any longer. There's too many resources for you to not be able to understand your Bible. There's too yeah. many. First of all, we have the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> um, when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit literally begins to live inside of you. Um, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher, so every time before you start reading, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. That's number yeah. one. Because if, if you read the Bible like a book, you will not get what you need to get from it. You know, there's, there's so many things that are deeper that the Lord will teach you um, or the Holy Spirit will teach you as you're reading. So ask the Holy Spirit, number one. Um, but practically, there's so many commentaries. And these are people that like study the Bible for a living. Do you read commentaries at all, Rena? What is this? No. So a commentary, so like people, okay, so there's like pastors and, you know, pastors like literally um, they study the Bible like mm-hmm. for their living essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they study the history and they study all those things and a lot of pastors have written commentaries and mm-hmm. there's two commentaries that I really like, but one is by T- Tony Evans. He has like a, a Bible commentary. And you said what? Oh, I just said, oh, okay, because I know him. Here, hold on. I'm yeah. right and so Tony Evans is one, right? Um, there's also an app called Enduring Word, and it's a commentary um, by a guy named David Guzik. And it pretty much breaks down every single scripture in the Bible with historical context, with practical knowledge. Like it is, it enhances your Bible reading so much. So like, you know how we have textbooks that we have to read for school. We have textbooks, but then we have like spark notes and we have like those things that like really delve and tell you what you need to know. That's kind of like commentaries. They go into the history and they go into Um, the different things behind, you know, um, what does it actually mean to be equally yoked? Why did they use that terminology? Because back then, you know, the animals were yoked together. And so Mm -hmm. if you have, it was like a metal bar on two animals, right? Mm -hmm. So 
they literally had to be going the same direction because if you couldn't go a separate direction, you were yoked together. So if one was going one direction, they were both going that direction, you know? So like they had to be equally yoked. And so like it goes into the historical context of like what all of this stuff means because sometimes we read it and we take what we think it means, but they actually go into why those certain words were chosen specifically with the time that this, that the Bible was written. So commentaries are amazing. Like I read, you know, through the commentaries after I feel like the Holy Spirit spoken to me, I read commentaries too, um, Mm -hmm. because they really help to get into the word. So that's number two. Um, I already said this one, but number three is asking the Holy Spirit to teach you. I'm like going ahead. Okay, whatever. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you as you read his word. Um, And in John 14, 26, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And that's why it's so good that we read daily because just like for a test, right? We're storing knowledge. We study a lot because we need that knowledge when that question on the test comes up. And so Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with the word. Like when a situation comes up on lust, I need to know scripture on lust so that I can fight it. But if I don't know it, I'm going to fail that test because I didn't prepare, (laughs) you know? And so um, we really have to store the word in our hearts so that when we deal with life situations, we can say, oh, okay, this is happening, but I know this scripture and I know that um, the Bible says that God will take care of me. So yeah, we're in a quarantine and I lost my job and um, I don't know where my next check is going to come from, but I know that God's word says that if he feeds the birds and if he takes care of the grass that don't do anything for him, how much more will he take care of us? But if we don't know our word, we don't, we won't know that it says that and we won't know that hey, I can actually trust in God because his word says this. So although my situation looks like this, I know that the God of the universe that loves me and that, um, and I'm, I'm his child. So he said that he will do this and it's a promise and he's not a liar. So it's going to happen, you know? So that's why we have to have the word stored up in our heart so that we can know what his promises are, even when the world looks different. Um, the next step, and this is a very practical step. So when I was trying to break free from like, get rid of, you know, pornography and masturbation and everything, I used to watch a lot of TV shows. I would watch like how to get away with murder and like Grey's Anatomy, um, Quantico, like those are my like every week shows, you know, mm-hmm. I was like a show fanatic and I realized, and I also listened to a lot of love music. Like I love R&B love it right but I had to stop listening to it because I always it it would get me in a certain mindset you know especially with all the love and all the ooh and the ah and then with the tv shows you know there was always sex there was always like different sex scenes and all this stuff and I realized that every time I was watching that stuff it was planting a little seed in my heart and like the next day, so let's say I would watch a TV show on Wednesday. Um, the next day, I would start desiring, like, porn again. And I'm like, why am I just randomly, to me it was random, why am I just yeah. randomly desiring porn again? And I realized that I was, it was because I was allowing, like, little seeds from little shows to be planted in my heart. And so the next day or whenever I started to have those feelings again, because I was feeding myself what I was trying to get rid of. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we have to practically remove TV shows, music, anything that is impacting what you're trying to get rid of. You know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to lose weight, you don't keep eating fried food and eating out every day. you're, You're defeating the whole purpose of what you're trying to do, you know? So you feed yourself the good things. And so I had to, I didn't want to, but I stopped watching all those TV shows and everything because I was like, I'm serious about getting rid of this. And some people might think like, okay, that's kind of serious. Like you don't have to do that much, but like, yes, you do. (laughs) Like I was, (laughs) you know, I was addicted to this thing for 11 years. I was not just going to try to do the bare minimum. Like I was actually trying to get free. And I think sometimes we, 
think that some things are too much or too spiritual or whatever. No, you're just trying to get free and you have yeah. to do whatever you have to do. You know, if you have a goal to um, lose a hundred pounds, you're not going to just eat vegetables once a day and eat whatever the rest of the day. No, you're going to eat vegetables and fruits all day and night because you have a goal. And I wanted to be free. I did not want to keep living that life. So you also have to be serious about it. Like, do you really want to stop desiring attention? Do you really yeah. want to stop, um, you know, just not having control over what you have to do or what you feel like you have to do? So it's like, how serious is it to you? Um, and so, yeah, so removing TV shows, mu music, anything that, um, you know, is dealing with what you are trying to break, removing those things. Mm -hmm. um, and like when I'm married, like I'm gonna listen to R&B again, but right now I'm chilling because <laughs> I also know for me, like I always, I always, I had addiction to talking to guys. Like I always had to be talking to a guy. And I realized mm -hmm. it was because all the music I was hearing, it was like, I always was like, okay, maybe he's the one, maybe he's the one, maybe he's the one. Oh, maybe yeah. him. Oh, he's romancing me a little bit. Maybe it's him. And it was because I was always feeding myself that music where, you know, can we talk, like, all that music. And it was like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> so, of course, if I'm feeding myself that stuff, then, like, I'm going to want that stuff, you know. Mm. And I was trying to not be crazy and talk to guys all the time. So I was like, let me cut off this love music because I just want love and not that kind of love. I don't need that right now. So. Um, there's, you know, arguments all day about music or whatever. I don't care about it. All I'm saying is for things you are trying to break, you got to let go of some things. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I don't know what you have to remove for desiring attention. I don't know, maybe reality shows or things like that, that like, you know, those things where people literally just do them for attention. So if you, you know, if you deal with uh, attention issues, maybe you got to remove reality shows or maybe you have to, you know, have social media breaks. Um, yeah. You know, and that's a big thing too. Like how much are you on social media? Because that is a huge, if you deal with comparison, you should definitely not be on social media every day because that is yeah. the worst place. You know, if you're addicted to comparison or jealousy or whatever, that's the worst place. So really figuring out, okay, what do I need to remove for myself? And being honest with yourself, you know, because I mean, it, it, if you break it or not, it's on you. Like that's, it's your mm -hmm. life. So you really have to, no one else is going to hurt except you. So you really have to sit and be honest with yourself and say, okay, you know, I should only be on social media twice a week because I'm trying to break that, you know? Um, my next one is to pray, pray, pray. Um, like really speaking to God daily because again like his word and and praying with others too because his word says like where there are two or more um whatever they ask it'll be done you know and and so praying with others but also just talking to God because he wants to hear you know your heart on things he wants to you know, crying out to him. There are so many times I was like, God, I want to let this go, but I don't know how. Like, I need yeah. you to literally take it away from me. Um, and so praying, like constantly praying, um, even when you don't feel like it. Um, and like I said, in Matthew 6, 9, there's a, um, there's a template for how to pray. So it, it'll show you, you know, you don't pray exactly those words because that's not personal, but it just shows you kind of if you've never prayed before, um, the different things to include in a prayer. Um, okay, and my last step before, you know, we, we fin I finished my half of this because I've been talking for a minute. Um, <laughs> but my last step is to get an accountability partner. That is probably the one of the, in, in a fellowship, that is probably one of the greatest things I had when I was trying to break this. So I was at college and I had a, a best friend there and we literally put passcodes on each other's phones for certain websites that we knew we would go to because we both dealt with pornography and we both were trying to break it. And, um, you know, we would always tell each other, like, you know, if you're, if you feel like you want to do it. Um, just call me so that I can talk to you and get your mind off of it and we can pray and blah, blah, blah. 
I barely did that because I would mm-hmm. just do it. And I, you know, sometimes you get into that where you're just like, I don't want to call them because they're going to tell me not to do it. And I'm trying to do it. But that's the whole point of an accountability partner. Um, they're supposed to be there to tell you when you're doing something wrong, you know, or, um, hey, okay, I know your mind is heavy on this, but let's, let's, let's talk about something else, blah, 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 you know, and getting your mind, let me come over real quick, you know, getting your mind off of that. Um, because you really need that and getting a good, a, a fellowship of people, um, because then they're going to check up on you and they're going to be like, Hey, at one thirty, Hey, what you doing? You know, who are you talking to right now? Hold on. Why are you talking to him again? I thought you said y'all, you cut it off. I thought you said boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, they're going to keep you accountable because they want the best for you. Um, so get some, get an accountability partner, someone that's walking with Christ and that is, um, that can help keep you accountable for, towards your goals. Not someone that's just going to say, oh, it's okay, you know, just do it, whatever. No, get someone that, that will lovingly tell you, hey, you're better than this. You don't have to do this, you know, um, and that can help you so that you don't continue to fall back into sin or into those um, addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I said that was the last thing, but the real <laughs> last thing um, also is realize, be honest with yourself. When I was trying to break my addiction, I thought I was not going to do it again. And I remember, so it was like February. I remember maybe it was like August and I fell back into it again. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, I was just so sick with myself because I was like, I've been doing so good. But I had to yeah. realize what, like, yes, you fell again, but like, keep going forward. And after that, I never fell again. And that's by the grace of God. But literally, you know, don't be so hard on yourself either, because you're going to fall. But the thing is that you get back up and you keep going forward, you Mm -hmm. know, and you go forward again with a new mindset that, okay, yes, I fell, but I am going to ask God to help me to never, to, to break those things officially. You know, because some people live and they feel like, okay, God can, you know, with, let's say, um, I don't know, maybe you suffer with depression and you don't believe God can fully heal it. But that's the thing, like God can fully heal anything. Yeah. And so it's, it's also believing like, okay, God, like I want this, um, I want to break this, you know, I want to break this addiction. I want to break this cycle, um, help my unbelief. Because sometimes it's hard to believe, and there's scripture on that, like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And sometimes we have to pray that, and I had to pray that a lot, and I still pray that, you know, but um, just really being honest with yourself and being gracious with yourself and saying, okay, I fell today, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take more precautions so that it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can be completely free from that. You know, you can be com- completely free from any addiction that you're trying to break because um, God can break those things. So that is, those are all of the, that's all the advice I have. Raina, what what are your comments? What are your... <laughs> no, but I mean, I love that because it's just like a step-by-step way to try to approach this, you know, and... um I have a question for you, though. It was something yeah. that I was thinking about, and I'm curious for what you think as well. Like, one of the things that I was thinking about when I'm trying to approach addiction that I had a hard time doing is separating my addiction from my identity, right? And I have a question for you about that because, you know, if anyone's ever been in any Alcoholics Anonymous meetings or drug addiction meetings, they start off the meeting by being like, hi, I'm blah, 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 and I'm an alcoholic or I'm or whatever. Yeah. And it just made me think of that because I want to know, like, your opinion on that because I think that it's detrimental to put your identity and your addiction together because that's what a lot of people do. And then they'll just relate like their addiction to who they are. And I feel like it's harder to break from an addiction if you're walking around being like, I'm an alcoholic, that's just who I am. You know what I mean? And for the longest 
for the longest time, I never thought that um, I could like break free from anything because I was like, no, that's just part of my personality or that's just part of who I am or that's just whatever. So I'm just interested to what you think about people who link their identity with their addiction. Do you think that that's do you think that that's good to do because it gives you clarity on your problem like they do in the little Alcoholics Anonymous meetings? Or do you think that that's bad to do because then you never feel like you can be free from it? And then on top of that, you're not even really living your identity in Christ. What do you think? Well, that's a great um, question. So number one, you're not what you do, right? So I do not think that you should put your addiction with your identity. And I think that's the issue with a lot of things. We think we can't break them because they're our identity and they're not. And I think mm -hmm. that that's why step number one, which was seeking first the kingdom is so important because as you're seeking God's word, you're figuring out who you actually are. Like mm -hmm. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm actually accepted by God. You know, mm -hmm. like you're actually learning that like, and I think, I think um, when we put our identity with what we do, a lot of times it's because of it's how we grow up, right? So our parents or whoever raised us might say, oh, um, you know, you're, you know, you, you did this, so that's who you are, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was struggling with homosexuality, someone said to me like, oh, so you're a lesbian. And they put that as my identity, right? Mm -hmm. Not that I was struggling with certain things, but they just put it as my identity because I struggled with it. And I think we mm -hmm. have to separate. Um, yeah, we struggle with things, but that's not our identity because it's a mm -hmm. lot harder to break free from something when you believe that it's who you are. Because then, mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't even want to break free from it because you're like, well, then who will I be? Yeah, yeah. If I'm not an alcoholic, who will I be? That's who I've always been. And it's like, well, hold on. Who told you that you were an alcoholic? You know, yeah. who told you that? Because that's not, that's the enemy's doing. Because that's not who you are. It's what you um, participate in. But that is not your identity. And it never has been. So I think we have to completely separate your identity from what you do. Just like with a kid that might steal. You're not a thief. You stole mm -hmm. your action. Yeah. That was your action. Mm -hmm. It's not your identity, you yeah. know? And I think sometimes we put um, on people and, you know, just on kids and whatever, we put, we put their identity as what they do. And that's, mm -hmm. not, that's not correct. And so I think yeah. we have to change that and begin to do something new. Okay, I didn't like that action you did. And that action is not who you are. You are this, yeah. but you were acting on this. So let's remember that, like, yeah, although you did steal, we have to remember that, you know, you're, you're not a thief, right? That's not your identity. You might have made a mistake, but you are not a thief. And, and mm -hmm. I think um, I'm going to bring this example up because I think it's really important. So, like, my one of my cousins, I was talking to her a few months ago because she was, like, partying and doing all this stuff. And, like, you know, she's a teenager. So, like, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they're doing right now. Um, and, you know, not saying I agree with it, but that's what they're doing. They're going to do that. They're teenagers. But I, you know, I, when she, when we were talking in the car, um, you know, in our family, sometimes we're so used to just like bashing each other, um, that I was like, I don't think that that worked because it didn't work for me. You know, it didn't work to just be like, oh, you need to stop this. You blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. And so instead of doing that, I literally remember I just sat with her in the car and I was like, I was like, hey, don't you know that you are, are worth so much more than what's happening at these parties? Don't you know that you are actually valuable? That these guys don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't you know that you are actually this? Don't you know that you are actually this? Don't you know that your identity is actually, like, you're holy. Like, you are mm -hmm. a temple girl. Like, you're a temple. These guys, they can't, they shouldn't be able to touch you because you are royalty, you know? And so instead of um, bashing people for, you know, what their actions are, we should start speaking in, into them who they actually are. Because yeah. I think that that is so much more impactful than saying, oh, so you're going to a party now. So you just, you just a little hoe. Like what? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That doesn't, 
that doesn't help people. Yeah. You know, and so I think we should, I think you have to separate identity from your action. And I think that we have to begin to tell people um, and tell ourselves what we are more than like who we actually are um, is not what we do. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's hard too because people who are suffering from addictions, like they're, everyone else is so hard on them that you become so hard on yourself and you, it's hard to move forward when you're consistently criticizing yourself. So that's why I liked what you were saying about to be understanding of you're going to fall sometimes. And I feel like because the world is always so hard on you and watching every little action that you do and then judging you that we judge ourselves and then we don't think that we can ever get free because it's like, oh, I was doing so good, but then I fell back. Like I'm a lost cause, you know, and then you don't continue to keep fighting. And one of the things that I always think about, like when it comes to addiction is like this idea again of forgiveness, because, you know, the Lord forgives you, but we also need to forgive ourselves for everything that we've done, because I feel like that's half the battle. Like you can't, try to break free from an addiction if you're still beating yourself up about suffering from that addiction in the first place. Yeah. And that's why I like what you said too about not tying your identity to it because it's so easy to go to that place where it's like, I'm a bad person. And that's like something too that I used to struggle with because my attention from desiring attention used to get me in like trouble and stuff and cause risks in my relationship. And I used to um, I used to tie my identity so much in that that I could never forgive myself for any time that I fell, any time at all. And it would just consistently add to itself. And then I get, got to a place where I was just numb because I was like, I can never get free from this. But once you literally, like um, you were saying, read the Bible, understand who you are, spend time in prayer and um, try to forgive yourself, then that's when those things are kind of like pulled apart. But even you were really getting me when you were talking about like praying and how you have to be honest, because that's another thing too. Like when you're suffering from an addiction, you don't want to be telling the Lord, even though the Lord sees everything you do, you still don't want to sit here <laughs> and admit, <laughs> admit that you need help or admit it, what, what you did and how you need help. But I really feel like like you said, that that's such an important part of it, you know? But, yeah. Because yeah. like you said, he does know everything we do, but like, you know, even a parent and a child, like you might see them, um, I don't know, drop something, right? And you saw it happen, but you want them to admit it to you because it, it, yeah. it also creates trust between you guys. Exactly. It creates a trust, like, you know, um, okay, I know they'll tell me when they fall. I know they won't try to keep it a secret from me because they mm-hmm. trust that I won't, you know, go crazy on them either, you know? So, and God isn't like that towards us, you know? He, like, he hurts that we are suffering with these things because he knows that they're not, um, that he didn't, he didn't create us to, to, to stay in those places. You know, mm-hmm. he knows how much of a fight it is sometimes to break free from those things and God hurts for us and I think sometimes we just see him as a oh you fell again you sinner like no like God hurts because he wants us to be free that's literally this whole reason he sent his son so that we could walk in freedom so he hurts when he sees us like that and I think when we begin to even see God differently and see him in the sense of God, you hurt too, because yeah. I'm hurting. You know, you're not sitting and, and dictating and, and being a dictator over um, my life, but you're saying, like, I'm so sorry. Like, God is saying, like, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. Like, don't, like, come to me. I can help you. I can, I can break you out of this. I can free you from this because that's why I came, but you just have to come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to give him the, um, not authority, but because, I mean, he has all the authority, but we kind of have to give them, him the permission to take it from us because he's a gentleman. He's not just going to bombard our life. He, he wants yeah. us to say, you know, here, God, I lay it at your feet. Take it. I don't want it. Take it. But we have to give him that permission. 
So it's like even asking ourselves, have we given, um, have we given God the permission to take that thing from us? Or are we just comfortable with staying with it, you know? So, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. I mean, I think that, you know, if you're suffering with addictions and things like that, if you, if, if you go back and write down every one of those steps that we talked about, it will really help you and be honest, be transparent yeah. with God, because there's no reason that we serve a God and, and, but we're still living the same way from when, from before, you know, Th- then yeah. what power does, what power are we allowing God to have in our life? You know, so um, yeah, take these steps, guys. And like, I mean, honestly, like you can be free from whatever it is, whether it's rejection, whether it's insecurity, whether it's, you know, um, you're addicted to whatever, like these steps apply to any addiction. Um, And we wanted to give you practical and, and, you know, just advice pertaining to godliness. Um, because you can't do it without God. And I think that's a big thing too, you know, Um, because a lot of famous people and people that, let's say, you know, have all this stuff and whatever, they break the addiction for a little bit, but then they go back into it. They go back in because they're not, they have all the resources. And I say famous people because they have all the resources. They don't, there's no limit to their resources, right? But they still go back into it because they don't have the source They don't have, they're not connected to the source who can actually literally give them a new taste in their mouth. Yeah. So um, ask God for a new taste in your mouth today because he can give it to you if you truly desire it. And if you don't desire it, because at one point I didn't even want to stop watching pornography, but I knew that it was against his, his will. I knew it was against his will for all of our lives. So I asked him to give me a desire to not want it anymore because I didn't want to stop it I enjoyed it Mm -hmm. you know but I had to ask him to give me a desire so sometimes we have to ask God to God change my desire you know because I don't want to to stop this but I know that if I'm living for you there's certain things I have to let go of um so just be transparent with God like he he wants you to be free he doesn't want you to live in that place of bondage to those things anymore Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's all I got. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> no, but I think that that was good and exactly like you said. If you write them down, then you'll have something to go back to, you know, and say these are the steps that I need to do to break free from this. And then, you know, I feel like what you were saying, like just knowing who you are first, and then going through those steps and really getting into your word and praying and it can do more for you than you could ever imagine, you know? Yeah, it really can. And, and I love that you added that in there, you know, like your identity is not connected to your addiction. Yeah. They're two completely different things. Um, So changing that, that narrative in your mind, because Mm -hmm. it's not who you are. It's an action that you do, but it's not your identity. Your identity found all over the word of God um, yeah and it it does not say that that you, that it is what you do yeah you know so you are a son and a daughter of Christ yeah. like you you're made in his image you know um, search the word on who you are because that's I mean that's really the foundation of a lot of things um mm-hmm. because we don't know who we are because we're told the incorrect things growing up and um, so we have to change that narrative too. Yeah, exactly. So, yay! Well, this is really good. This, was good. this was good. This is more of a serious one, but I, I really hope that you know, if you're listening, like this helps you, and I hope you apply it because it doesn't matter if you hear all of this and you go about your day and continue the rest of your life the same way. You have to apply yeah. the things you hear. Um, and fight yeah fight um spiritually because you're gonna have to it's gonna be hard to say no but every time you say no to that addiction it gets a little easier and a little easier and a little easier and one day you're not doing it anymore and you look back and it's been four years 
Yeah. And you haven't, you haven't, you know, been in that addiction in four years because you've been trusting God. So like, I just challenge you guys to trust him, to do these steps and be consistent and get someone to help you be accountable, get a fellowship. You cannot do this on your own. I promise you can't. We were created for fellowship. We were created for people. So we love you guys. Um, We love you reach out to us if you if you're a girl and you need an accountability partner reach out to us if you're a guy and you need an accountability partner reach out to us and we'll connect you to a guy (laughs) you should should really um you know have an accountability partner of the same sex just because it's it's easier there's no confusion in there um but but reach out to us we'll connect you with someone because this is important and this is your you know this is your salvation this is your walk with jesus you don't want to live um, in that place of slavery forever. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.